Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. And welcome to our two-part season four finale. I'm Dan Takaki, and I am joined here with my co-host, partner, wife, and the ghost of my Christmas future, Kara Zalaya. That's me. Merry Christmas, everybody. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies, so we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So, let's get into it. Kara, what are we talking about this week? This week, we are watching a movie that we've bumped the past couple of seasons Scrooged, starring Bill Murray as the titular Scrooged. Oh. Neither of us had seen this movie before, but we knew it was essentially going to be a Christmas carol in some shape or form. Mm Mm-hmm. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you thought this movie was going to be about or what the hook of this version could be. Right. So I thought that this was going to be, you know, a Christmas carol, obviously. Sure. But I thought that maybe Bill Murray was playing like a distant relative of Scrooge Mm. and that the Marley ghost would have been Scrooge himself coming back to haunt him and make him change his ways. Oh. I'd heard a lot of good things about this movie. Um, And so I was coming into it with like a tinge of excitement which i'll talk about whether or not that was merited um but i have some thoughts about just that that whole thing of people enjoying this movie (laughs) and other christmas movies in general um that i'll get into later on love it that's what we're here for yeah but what did what did you think about this what did you think was going to happen in this movie I thought literally my only thoughts into it were that it was going to be a comedy because Mm -hmm. Bill Murray. Sure. And I thought that it wasn't going to be a musical because we'd already seen two Christmas Carol versions that were musicals. Right. And so I was like, this one's not going to be a musical. I also, I couldn't remember if Bill Murray sings. I feel like sometimes he sings, sometimes he doesn't. I'm not a big Murray head, Murray Mm -hmm. fan personally. I like Groundhog Day fine. But I just was never a Bill Murray person. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily was either. I guess Ghostbusters. I was more of a, like a Dan Aykroyd kind of mm-hmm. girly. Like that was like Blues Brothers. Like if we're talking about that era, that was my jam. Yeah, I think of all those guys, John Candy was the one mm-hmm. that I would always gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Great choice. Top tier choice. Yeah. I'm also going to go into this uh, just being very clear about a couple of things because I love to be honest with our audience. I did fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) watching this film. Um, So I did not. I mean, I guess I was present when the last 15, 20 minutes of it happened, Mm -hmm. but um, only physically, not uh, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So I'm going to learn with all of you what happens at the end of this movie. My guess is that he um, changes his ways because I know uh, Christmas Carol. I also, in an effort to just be fully transparent, have had a not good day. And so I uh, contacted ChatGPT and I said, chat, what's up, girly pop? It's your girl, (laughs) Kara. Um, I need you to help craft some jokes about the film Scrooged so that I can pepper those in. Huh. That's interesting. (laughs) I think I'll have plenty to talk about. Even without ChatGPT's help. No, I'm sure you'll have plenty to talk about. But, you know, I insert, I bring little quips. And, like, I wanted to make sure that I had something in my back pocket in case I couldn't come up with anything on the spot. Well, so I'm interested in your genuine reaction to the end of the movie (laughs) as I talk through it. Because I would say that is 
the weirdest part of the movie. Oh, and I was asleep for it? Yeah. You know, I was going to watch it, but I was like, I kind of just want to be like, you know, we encourage listeners to listen to episodes of films that they have not seen. Mm. And so I was like, let me put myself in the seat of a listener. So with all of that in mind, with all those caveats and all those thoughts, dear Daniel, what happened in this movie? So this movie was indeed A Christmas Carol Mm. taking place in the 1980s with Bill Murray starring as a character named Frank Cross, who is a TV executive at a TV station called IBC. Sure. IBC is getting ready to put on a live version of A Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve, and Frank is in charge of making sure it all runs smoothly. Kind of like those, like, Peter Pan Live that ABC does every once in a while. Right, yeah, an IBC. So I assume it's, you know, something playoff, that type of thing. Sure. He's a big old meanie. Mm. And is making everyone work through the holidays. He fires people for disagreeing with him on like ad campaign choices. Yeah. um, Including a man named Elliot Loudermilk. Mm. Uh, Elliot's character is like a side character. And we see his life falling apart throughout the movie after he's fired. And he'll come back in the end though. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I also want to flag Bill Murray is not as charming, controversial take, right away, as Ryan Reynolds is playing essentially the same part. Yeah. I'll talk about that, too. I have a lot lot of thoughts about... How unpleasant Bill Murray is. Well, yeah, and this movie in general. And this movies of this era as well. So Frank sucks, and IBC is putting this, like... It's almost like a burlesque version of A Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that that's what that's kind of the thing that yeah, they're airing. Uh-huh. And we see that he's like rude, he's mean, he doesn't really care about anybody, you know, Scrooge. Sure. Uh his assistant Grace, who's played by Alfrey Woodard, is the Bob Cratchit character, mm. and she sends out his Christmas presents every year, and this year he's sending people that he likes VCRs and people that he doesn't like or doesn't care about. He's sending them company bath towels. Sure. Um, which is interesting because he is trying to save face as this type of person to like give out gifts to everybody. Yeah. So he seems to care about that, but he doesn't really care what the gifts are. Also, an IBC labeled towel. Huh. Yeah. I wouldn't hate that gift. No, but his brother is supposed to be sent one of these bath towels. And last year it's discovered that he was sent a shower curtain oh. with a bunch of IBC logos on it. <laughs> Anyway, so Grace is a single mother of like four or five, and she has a young son who doesn't speak, and they're worried that he might not ever speak. Oh, yeah. And we find out why. Babe, why doesn't he speak? Because he saw his like father murdered. That's correct. (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It is New York City in the 80s, but good golly. Mm Mm-hmm. So Frank's brother is around and he idolizes him and he invites Frank over for Christmas with his friends and family, but Frank declines. And Mm. there's also another man who's kind of floating around. His name is Bryce, who's like a consultant that's been hired to help Frank with the Christmas Carol production. And Frank is paranoid that Bryce is trying to steal his job. And I don't know who the actor is that played Bryce, but this man had the most triangular face I have ever seen. Like he looked like a human version of handsome squidward and not that he was like overly handsome but it was that like weird chiseled face that was like what's happening here it is a very cartoony face yeah he looked like a human caricature yeah it was very strange so now it's time for the christmas carol portion i've got a joke for you you ready yeah in scrooged bill murray gets visited by three ghosts (laughs) 
I can barely handle one unexpected visitor, let alone a trio of time-traveling apparitions. Ghostbusters, where are you at? Ha! (laughs) I slapped my knee if you couldn't hear it. Sounded great. So, Frank is visited by his old boss, who died years ago, and warns him that the three ghosts will come visit him on Christmas Eve. Uh Frank, very paranoid and freaked out, immediately calls his old girlfriend, Claire, who comes to see him because she's worried about him, but then he ends up blowing her off kind of immediately anyway. Sure. I'll talk about this a lot throughout, but Frank has an interesting reaction to all the ghosts, which is very, like, frantic and frenetic and paranoid and scared of the ghosts. He's not scared so much of what they're showing him, but just that he is seeing ghosts. It does feel like he's on a truly shocking amount of cocaine. Right. Throughout the entire film. And as a TV executive in the 80s, I have to imagine that he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. That That is a, a correct whether acting choice or method choice of bill murray not my place to decide but that is an accurate choice i guess yeah so frank is visited by the ghost of christmas past who is this like spectral taxi driver and he takes him to his childhood home where he sees his parents and his younger self and he learns where he developed his love for television which was watching tv to avoid seeing his parents fight you ever notice how the ghost of christmas past is like the ultimate throwback thursday hey scrooge remember when you used to have a heart (laughs) i don't know if chat gpt is making the right jokes here my love look chat gpt will never replace me and that's what i'm saying the writer's strike really worked uh for the best yeah and that chat gpt and ai are not good writers yeah uh uh-huh yeah Cool. Good. Go on. I have one that is good. Okay. You ready? Oh, already? You're going to burn it through it already? You don't want to wait for other parts? No, no. Go for it. Hit me. Bill Murray went to a seafood restaurant and asked, do you serve lobsters here? The waiter replied, sure. We serve anyone. Have a seat. (laughs) What? (laughs) So after seeing his childhood the ghost takes frank to see him and claire as a young couple and how they were a happy couple sweet loving kind and they were like that until frank decides to choose his career over claire And you see, like, kind of a messy breakup. Yucky. Then, for the ghost of Christmas present, he is visited by a deranged fairy princess played by Carol Kane. Horrible. Yeah. This is about the point where I fell asleep. Yeah. She is tough to take in as an audience (laughs) member, I will say. She's the lady from Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, she's Kimmy Schmidt's landlord. That's right. Yeah, yeah. She's been in many other things. I know. But that's all we know her from. Yeah, correct. Not to diminish the career of Carol Kane. I'm sure it's illustrious. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. No silent L's. No silent L's, team. It's been a rough day. Part of my bad day was the fact that I told Dan that it drives me cuckoo bananas as a Latina woman who speaks Spanish, that the word salmon has a silent L. I was like, no other word has a silent L. And then I had to, unfortunately, remind Kara of the words talk and walk and would and could and should. It's been a bad day. You know, I'm just here to help spread the the good word about the English language. Uh, So the illustrious career of the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah, so she flies him around to see Grace's family, where he learns that she has a family. (laughs) Okay. 
and that she has this son who won't speak and the ghost of christmas present explains to frank why yeah he won't speak and frank's like oh my god and she was like well don't you remember that entire year where she was dressed in black and frank is like i just thought that was a fashion choice (laughs) (laughs) terrible Speaking of fashion choices, Mm -hmm. Bill Murray has never looked worse. He's looking rough. He's got this like, what would we call it? It's like a receding hairline that goes into like a, what is it when it's long in the back? Almost a mullet. It's almost a mullet, but it's like that like late 80s, like what was going on with men's hair then? You know? Yeah. It's bad. Look it up. It's it's almost like Billy Crystal-esque, but worse. I was like, that's an insult to Billy Crystal. Yeah. (laughs) It's not good. Go on. Yeah, so then after seeing Grace's family, uh, the ghost of Christmas present takes him to see his brother's Christmas party, where he's the only one speaking highly of his brother, despite his friends ribbing him about Frank. Um, And it's also seen that Grace sent him a nice gift, despite Frank telling her to give him the towels. You know, if you're wondering why this story sounds familiar, it's because it is a Christmas carol. Correct. And it's the plot of every version of the Christmas carol. Correct. I would say this is more similar to a Muppets Christmas carol in terms of like story beats than spirited obviously sure but it is it is just like through and through a christmas carol yeah and not the best version we've seen ever or this season no um i should also mention here each time that frank wakes up from these dreams he's like maniacally running around to different places at one point he wakes up on the set of the rehearsal for the show and then another time he wakes up like at claire's work at a homeless shelter and people are like oh come into the shelter like we'll take care of you and he's like no i'm i don't need to be here i'm just like (laughs) freaking out Did we talk about how the ghost of Christmas past fully just, like, threw him off a building? Oh, no, we did not talk about that. (laughs) Because that did happen. That he pushed him through the glass, and, like, Mm -hmm. because he's a ghost, I guess he was able to penetrate through the glass and suspended him over the New York City skyline and then just dropped him, and then he woke up. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I assumed that was part of the dream. Like, that was, like, the kick to wake him up. Yeah, but still, it's very scary. I mean, yes, the ghosts are scary. It's a little spooky. The ghosts are spooky in this. It's too spooky. So when he wakes up after the second ghost, this is when I think you had fully fallen asleep at this point. Sure. He's running through the studio, and then after he's, like, in a full panic, people tell him to just go relax in his office, and they'll finish up rehearsal on their own. And... He is in his office until he is confronted by Elliot from earlier on in the movie, mm. uh, who has come to kill him because oh, yeah. his life has fallen apart. His wife left him after he was fired, which, again, was less than 24 hours ago. So sure. I think, Elliot, your wife is probably going to leave you regardless <laughs> of this job. I don't think your marriage was pinging on this job. Sure. Um And so Frank escapes, though, by running into the Ghost of Christmas Future Mm. and goes into the Ghost of Futures and goes into the Ghost of Christmas Futures dream. He doesn't really fall asleep. He just kind of like finds him. Sure. Of course. It's, It's weird. He runs into an elevator. And so in this dream future, he sees that Grace's son has been put into a psych ward permanently. Oh, no. Because he's not been able to speak. And so he's like sent to like be isolated in this room because he won't speak that's what that's not okay (laughs) yeah right bad um claire is no longer a humanitarian she's this like mean like rich snobby woman who's rude to everyone because frank told her to take care of herself only and not anyone else Mm. um 
And then we get the classic shot of Frank's death, where he is being cremated by um, his brother and his brother's wife. Pretty tough stuff. Pretty tough stuff. Yeah, it's pretty bleak. And so naturally, when he wakes up, he is, again, extremely frantic. And I don't think he changed. I think he just was so scared about, by the ghosts uh-huh. that he rehires Elliot and, like, doubles his salary. And then those two take control of the Christmas Carol live performance. They, like, hijack the performance. And, like, Elliot goes with his shotgun into the control booth and is like, nobody touch anything or else I'll shoot. Um, and Frank runs on stage and starts doing, like, a monologue about what it's what it means to be a good person and, like, the spirit of Christmas. Um, and he apologizes to everyone for being a terrible person. He professes his love for Claire and his gratitude for all his workers. He's like, I'm such a terrible person for making everybody here work tonight on christmas eve how awful of me blah 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 um he sends love to his brother on this broadcast but again in that same like bill murray like frenetic coked up like (laughs) oh my god like this character is drunk throughout the whole movie also oh great yeah and so then he ends the show by singing everyone's favorite christmas carol put a little love in your heart Uh, unfamiliar yeah it's like put a little love in your heart Uh, Never heard it. Yep. (laughs) And so he gets the entire cast and crew and audience to sing this song live. And like it cuts to like people watching the show and they're all singing it too. Huh. And Grace's son finally speaks the words, God bless us, everyone, after, after all of that. Because he is the Tiny Tim character, obviously. Of course. Classic. Um, uh, I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. And then the movie slowly fades out while everyone's singing. That's the film? That's that's how the movie ends. And with that, my last chat GPT joke. Tiny Tim's always like, God bless us, everyone. Dude, I just asked for a little holiday cheer. Not a sermon. Save it for Sunday. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> my delivery was better. My delivery was better. I was going to say, chat GPT's a little sassy. <laughs> that is the movie. And unless I missed something, that's that's what we got all of the ghosts were kind of creepy and uh yeah what did what did you think about this what's your what are your thoughts immediate reactions i thought i would like this yeah let's start there i thought that i would like this i love groundhog day i like ghostbusters i love ghostbusters you know i'm not again like i said right on the offset i'm not a big bill murray person but like i find i get it like i get the appeal for bill murray I love A Christmas Carol. It's probably my favorite, like, Christmas trope, you know, story. Yeah, Yeah. it's my absolute favorite. I think we need to let A Christmas Carol lie because, in my opinion, the most perfect Christmas film we have seen is Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Because it is the perfect iteration of A Christmas Carol. And so I might just be burnt out on this story, but this is the worst version of it that we have seen. Right. And I I will say, too, the the other version that we watched this year, Spirited, was like at least a different telling of this story. Like it was a different, had different like wrinkles to it at least. Yeah. And it had, I, I don't know. It just, it just had more and it was charming at mm-hmm. least. And this wasn't charming or like super bleak. It's supposed to be a comedy, but it wasn't really funny. I don't remember any like one liners or any jokes or any moments where I was like guffawing. Yeah. I just didn't care for this. I obviously didn't find it interesting. It was somehow both boring and too loud because i 
literally fell asleep watching it. But yeah. also I was like, why will Bill Murray not stop screaming? I mean, he was screaming. And I have some stuff in my fun facts about how he, this is like the first film that he did after he stepped away from Hollywood for a bit. And it shows. I don't think it's a good performance. I also don't recognize any of these other actors. Mm-hmm. I And maybe that's just my own ignorance. It's perfectly plausible. But I thought I would like this at all. And I think that there is a specific segment of like, with the exception of your John Hughes films, Yeah, I really think I struggle with like the 80s male-centered films. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually shocking that I liked Die Hard, you know? Because it's not a genre that I would like, generally speaking. No, but it's that's a genre that knows what it is, at least. Like, you know, that's like... Yeah. I think there are certain comedy movies that you just don't like. I think that I'm also spoiled because I think that we are in a golden age of television specifically. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, you're going to talk to me about a comedy about a high stress executive. Okay, I will watch Succession every day for the rest of my life. And like, that's a bleak comedy, but you cannot deny that it is undeniably hilarious. Like I can quote Succession things that make me laugh on a consistent basis. Yeah. Um, I also think that there's just the humor is better now. I just think humor is better and more intelligent and we just have a wider breadth of things. I will say to to give some credit to this film, like at least it was it had a a a black lead, you know, mm-hmm. which wasn't super common, I guess, or that common in the 80s. I mean, maybe it was. Maybe by then it was. She was his employee, so side eye. But, you know, okay. <laughs> That was good, I guess. Yeah, It's hard for me to pull at things that were good about yeah. this film. And, like, I just don't get it. Also, New York in the 80s was tough. And it's tough to watch movies about New York in the 80s just generally because it's just, like, grimy and disgusting. And I'm like, yeah, this is where all the stereotypes are about New York City being a disgusting trash heap. Which it is, but it's my disgusting trash heap. And sure. now it's nicer. <laughs> I don't really have any notes. How could this be better? Um, Bill Murray could stop screaming. That would be helpful. (laughs) Any of these people could be charming or interesting. I didn't even think Claire was that interesting, to be honest. She's supposed to be the, like, guiding light of this film. And I'm just like, okay, I guess... Yeah. I, it didn't do it for me. I, I just, I, and it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. Watch Muppets Christmas Carol. All of you have, apparently, because it's our most listened to episode. (laughs) But go watch Muppets Christmas Carol. How about you? What did you think? So I mentioned this. I don't think he was redeemed. Mm. And I think he's just like kind of having a mental breakdown after these ghosts are visiting him because they're kind of tormenting him. Yeah. In a way, we're in like a Muppets Christmas Carol or even in spirited all the ghosts are kind of like friendly and like guiding these ghosts are like tormenting and like berating and torturing him almost like the ghost of christmas present keeps like injuring him yeah and i think that is an interesting way because i do think that is how someone might react to being christmas carol so to speak (laughs) you know i think that's as as much as it was like a gritty 80s like type movie like that is how someone in new york who is super cynical would react to ghosts appearing before them being like well this might as well happen 
Right, right. Um, but also, like, after, like, continues to happen. And he doesn't wake up in his bed. He keeps waking up in random places. Right. And so it's almost like he's, like, hallucinating these ghosts. Sure. And I think that was an interesting portrayal of the ghosts in this. Right. To, like, offer positives, right? Sure, yeah. That said, I did not care about <laughs> Bill Murray at all. I think he was a bad person. And I, I think being scared into being nice is not the same as wanting to change like Scrooge typically what wants to do. Well, Christmas is a quote unquote religious holiday. Sure. And when I went to, you know, catechism, right? Mm-hmm. Catholic after school nonsense. Yeah. Um, they taught me that the Lord Jesus Christ um didn't want you just doing good things so that you could get into heaven Mm -hmm. he was like no no you have to feel it from the bottom of your heart which is a lot of pressure for a child sure um (laughs) but that that is sort of what i felt where i'm like okay so you're just trying to stop being haunted which is an improvement right like Mm -hmm. results intent doesn't dictate effect right but still not great not the true spirit of dickens's christmas carol yeah and you know, like if you look at Ryan Reynolds' character, he was not like afraid of the ghosts. He was just kind of like mildly annoyed by them. Sure. Which um, was great. And was like very aware of the ghost being part of the Christmas Carol lore, right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was interesting that they were putting on a production of the Christmas Carol and just didn't address that. <laughs> like like there was no really like overlap between the story and Bill Murray being visited by the ghosts. Yeah. Other than the fact that the ghost of Christmas Future was the same costume as the one from the play or one from the TV production. Yeah. And that so, is interesting. I don't know if that was just like a choice where they were like, you know, we're just gonna like not do that because that's too meta and doesn't really fall in line with what we're trying to do here. But I thought that was weird that they didn't address that. It does not feel Christmas. Good point. Is this a Christmas movie? Well, I I certainly wouldn't watch it at any other time of the year. (laughs) But that's that's something. But I also would never watch it in Christmas. That's true. So. You know, if a Christmas know. movie plays and no one's there to watch it at Christmas, is it a Christmas? Is it a movie? Christmas movie? Well, so I want to talk about that because a lot of people recommended that we watch Scrooge or asked that we would watch Scrooge. Right? What are you guys watching? Why are you watching this? Well, so I think it's interesting that as we go back and we watch through all these different movies, like the Hallmark movies, the highly acclaimed ones, like It's a Wonderful Life, sure, Muppets, this, and like all the ones in between. Right? Everyone has opinions about which ones they like and which ones they don't like. Yeah. And they're kind of all over the place. Yeah. People, we were shocked how many people wanted Family Stone. Yeah. Like and that's like, our to most the listened to episode this season. And I was like, I've never heard of this movie. Yeah. Maybe it's just the kind of home that I grew up in, but like Christmas movies, it's a wonderful life. Like that's it. Yeah, and then you've, you've always liked kind of like classic golden age cinema. Uh, yeah, type movie it's called know. taste right but like <laughs> i can i can understand liking to rewatch a family stone because it is like a comfort easy watch movie 100 percent. we know? haven't added it to the roster but like you've got mail is not an acclaimed film and no. that is a movie that i watch every thanksgiving right and i just rewatched last christmas well last christmas is a masterpiece <laughs> sure but it's also bad <laughs> You know, and like I recently had a discussion at a work party (laughs) where I told them about our podcast. And then, hey, everyone, everyone had opinions on which Christmas movies they liked. And they were like, what are your top three? And I told them what I thought were my top three. And 
they were like, oh, that's so interesting. Here are mine. And there were like three different movies that were completely different. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, and they were all over the place. It was like, people liked It's a Wonderful Life. Or people were saying like, some Netflix movie that I've never heard of. And I'm like... (laughs) I think Christmas is a very nostalgia-driven holiday. Mm -hmm. And I think if this is a movie you grew up watching, then it's one that you're going to gravitate back towards, no matter how good or bad it is, right? And that's the same with, like, me and Home Alone, where it's like, I grew up watching Home Alone, and I will always like Home Alone, even if it's not, maybe not the best movie in the world. I think that for millennials that are roughly our age, if I have to say like three movies that they consider like their Christmas movies, mm-hmm. it would be Home Alone, Elf. Yeah. Elf is like huge. Everyone loves Elf. Because it came out when we were like middle school, high school era. Yeah. And it was like when Will Ferrell was like everything. But mm-hmm. it's still nostalgic. And then what I would say for third like it or not, is Tim Allen Santa Claus. Yeah, I know a lot of people really have a lot of nostalgia for the Santa Claus. Yeah. And I think the first one is a good movie. Like, it's a good Christmas movie watch. Yeah. The second two are not. <laughs> Remember the second one where there's uh, just like a fascist Santa, like, robot that takes over? I think it really also has to do with, like, you know, we are probably the last generation that didn't have on-demand Christmas movies when we were young. Sure, right. You know? And so it was just sort of like, what was the tape or DVD that your parents bought X years ago? And that's what gets played. Or A Christmas Story, which is just on, you know, Turner Classic or whatever it was all day. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing was the ABC Family 25 Days of Christmas Marathon. Yes. And it was every year they would go from December 1st through the end of Christmas or whatever. They would play a different movie every day. And it was like 7 p.m. What are we watching today? Right, right. You know, and I think, like I've said before, a movie we watched a lot and read growing up was The Polar Express, Mm. which is a weird movie. It's It's a weird weird movie. movie. That was my my younger sibling's first film. Yeah. Like in theaters was Polar Express. All that to say is I am not here to judge people who love this movie and who this is their favorite Christmas movie to go back to. Because who's to say what you're supposed to like? I have an answer. Me. That's why I'm here. We balance each other out, baby. I'm here to judge. This is a bad movie. You should like other movies. Don't watch this movie. This movie's bad. Go watch other Bill Murray movies and drink eggnog if that's your cup of tea, okay? No. I will judge you. Scrooged? Really? Come on. But it's got that, like, manic 80s energy that a lot of people are into. Look, if you want to get yelled at by your dad, listen to old voicemails or something, okay? Don't do bring it into your Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) This is my take. These are my notes. These are also my notes. I know, but what I'm going to say is, Dan's all like, live and let live, whatever your favorite is. I'm like, no, you want good movies? I'll recommend you good movies. I don't know what's fun about this movie, okay? Like, that's there are some movies where I'm like, not for me, you know? Like, okay, like, like, I, I mentioned liking Die Hard. I've not rewatched Die Hard. Not for me, but I get it. I get the appeal, right? Mm-hmm. The Princess Switch movies, not for me, but I get it. I get how wild and, and frantic they are. This, I do not get. What is fun about this? I, Nothing. I wonder if the people who like this movie maybe know who the ghost of Christmas past and ghost of Christmas <laughs> present are. Like, I wonder if that's part of the thing that's fun for them. Because, like, imagine if they were, like, two wild and zany actors that we knew. Like, imagine if this movie existed, but the ghost of Christmas past was, like, John Hamm. (laughs) Right? Like, that would be hilarious. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. That's true. That's true. That's true. But like, why isn't it like... Or like Kate McKinnon was the ghost of Christmas present. That's great. That's incredible. God, I would love that. You know? Well, well, first of all, that gave me Puller on the horn. She needs to write this Christmas carol. (laughs) I'm just just saying, like, we don't necessarily have the context for for who these people are. Carol Kane's Oscar nominated. Okay. All right. A lot of nuance. Your point is taken. I'm going to get to my fun facts. Look, we're we're talking about Carol next movie, so I yeah, have to, I have to like warm film. myself up for nuance. Carol? We Ooh. just talked about a Christmas prince. I got to like <laughs> find my find my bearings here. It is a whiplash this year. Yeah, so let's get into your fun facts. What do we got? Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. It's time for my fun facts. So, although the 80s was packed with Bill Murray comedies, this was a sort of reemergence of sorts for him. Mm-hmm. He had had a brief cameo in Frank Oz's 1986 remake of Little Shop of Horrors, huh. which, fascinating. Sure. But Scrooge was Murray's first major role following a self-imposed four-year exile from Hollywood, hmm. quote-unquote. Okay, moving right past that, Bill Murray, side-eye. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge concludes with the cast and crew singing Put a Little Love in Your Heart, like you said. And for his part, Murray went a bit off script, adding in lines like Feed Me Seymour, which was a direct reference to Little Shop of Horrors. You know, he did say that, and I did not understand why he was referencing that movie. Ah, well, now you know. Okay. So, in a 1988 interview with Philadelphia Daily News, Richard Donner discussed Murray's penchant for improvisation and described the experience of directing Murray as follows, quote, It's like standing on 42nd Street and Broadway and the lights are out and you're the traffic cop. Huh. Dangerous. What is, oh yeah, I guess dangerous. <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? I mean, I think he means like chaotic and there's cars coming everywhere, but all I heard was danger. Yeah. I worked on 42nd and Broadway. Scary. Hmm. Probably been somewhere near there. Yeah, that's where Roundabout is. Okay. (laughs) The script for Scrooge was written by Mitch Glazer and Michael Donahue, who Murray had worked with in the early days of SNL. Mm, So so this is maybe an SNL? Yeah, like an SNL reunion of sorts. Yeah. Apparently, it's very common to see one of Bill Murray's brothers in other Bill Murray films. Uh And Scrooge features all three of them. John Murray, Joel Murray, and Brian Doyle Murray. Oh. Yeah. Didn't know he had brothers. Well, he does, and apparently he does films with them. Oh, well, that's kind of nice. It's very clear that we are not Bill Murray people. (laughs) You know, I've seen movies with him in it, and I don't really think much beyond it. Yeah, you know, like, excuse our ignorance, but I'm just sort of like, he seems like a tough hang. I won't lie. I know he's like a Cubs fan. (laughs) Well, tough. So this film marks the second time that we are watching a Christmas-based film that is scored by who? One of our favorite people, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. And apparently it wasn't until 2011 that Danny Elfman's score for Scrooged was released. Hmm. The album, which was just limited to 3,000 copies, contained a total of 34 tracks, not all of which were included in the film. What? The final track is a bonus track that was actually created for Trading Places. (laughs) I... That just sounds like a project that Danny Elfman was working on then that contained some of the music from Scrooge. The Danny Elfman mixtape. Yeah. I'm like, there were not 34 songs in this. Yeah. And then my last fun fact, which is just, it's a really pathetic one, guys. Let's buckle in here. In an attempt to recapture the attention of Ghostbusters fans, the studio referenced the movie in Scrooge's marketing materials. 
most notably with its tagline, quote, Bill Murray is back among the ghosts, only this time it's three against one. Boo. <laughs> ChatGPT did better. The tactic probably didn't get the studio the exact results it was looking for, while Ghostbusters was the second highest grossing film of 1984, with a box office of almost $230 million, mm-hmm. Scrooge made about a quarter of that, with $60 million, and was only the 13th highest grossing film of 1988. Tough. And who's watching this? Maybe this is just one of those cult classics that has a very loud fandom. I don't know. Anyway, that's it for my fun facts. Da-da-da-da-da-da! Alrighty, as we do every episode, it's time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how would you rate Scrooged? I think I'm going to give Scrooged five golden rings. That's really high. (laughs) That's too high. Well, you know, I I think I I think I came out more in favor of this movie than you did for sure. Well, I didn't even watch the last fourth. <laughs> yeah, and I I really appreciated the uh, just his general reaction to being Christmas Carol. I think I think that that was a a new a new take on mm. the panic that is set in around a Christmas Carol. Okay. What about you? What did what are you gonna rate this? Two turtle doves. Two turtle doves. I feel like I've given a lot of turtle doves this year. Yeah. It's been a turtle dove season. More like turtle duds. Turtle duds, am I right? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We are only three days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please, share this with your friends if they aren't already listening. Join us right now, right now, for our final episode of the season, Out Now, where we watched Carol. Wow. Wow. Carol. Carol. The Kate Blanchett Carol movie. The Rooney Mara Carol movie. The lesbian Carol movie. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.